are Locked On Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, Sun Devil fans, to a Monday edition of the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. I uh, took a break, uh, just in observance of Veterans Day last week, so we didn't get the chance to review the basketball game, uh, so we're definitely going to be talking about that as well as the ASU football game. So we'll give kind of an overview, general thoughts on how those went. Uh, one good and one bad. Uh, if you watch either game, one was definitely more frustrating than the other. But then we'll go into the bad. What can the Sun Devils, more so on the football side, what can they do to improve in their remaining few games this season? Uh, and then also, we'll get into the good, uh, and also hand out some game balls for those that deserve it. Uh, again, for the football game. Thank you for making Locked on Sun Devils your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Uh, remember to follow us on social media. You can find me at Cedrios and find Richie Bradshaw at Richie Brads with a Z36. Uh, remember to follow our Twitter page. That's at LO underscore Sun Devils. Uh, and then make sure you're checking all of our content, uh, whether it's going to be on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, or the Odyssey app, wherever else you get your podcasts. Normally, we're going to have content Monday through Friday, uh, so make sure that you're looking out for all the re- football-related and basketball-related content for the remainder of the season. With that, Richie, we got a couple different games to talk about. Uh, for a Monday edition, uh, how was your weekend? How did the games go for you? Uh, anything notable for this weekend? Very, very happy with the outcome of the football game, although I will tell you that up until like the final seven minutes of the game, I was very frustrated and I was very upset. And I was sitting there, not in disbelief, I'm just sitting there kind of like, man, this is this is just what we've become. And it was frustrating. And it overall, it, it made me sick to my stomach because of all the expectations we had. But we turned it around. We got a really good win, a really good win. And one that's going to hopefully get you some momentum going into this week, which is a game that me and Connor have been talking about since the start of this podcast. But either way, it's a victory Monday edition of the podcast. We'll touch very briefly on the basketball game, get our emotions out of the way there. In case you missed it, we're going to tell you exactly why it was such a heartbreaking loss. But obviously, we're going to highlight the football game as well. Overall, it's victory Monday and I'm feeling good. I think at least we're farther removed from that basketball game, and at least we have the fresher win from the football game to talk about. But, man, that basketball game was just absolutely rough. Um, Bobby Hurley was quoted after the game saying that they didn't deserve to win. For anyone who did not uh, watch the basketball game, uh, the ASU Sun Devils lost to the UC Riverside, the Highlanders, 66-65. to uh, how your how how far away was the shot? Was it like almost full court, like three quarters? It was just about three quarters of the court, with like maybe two seconds on the clock. It was it was March Madness in November. It was unbelievable, jaw dropping, and you're sitting there like, of course, that's how this game ends. Except, like normally, March Madness is exciting for a lot of people, whether they're betting on the game or like people who have a general interest. The one UEC Riverside fan that was happy about that win just absolutely crushed the city of Tempe. So yeah, that that was for the fan to decide. Yeah, it, it was just you can't sit here and say, well, they didn't deserve to win that game because that's exactly. And by they, I mean UC Riverside. Like that's that's what Bobby Hurley was calling out. The fact that you were even in that position to lose a game on a, a buzzer beater to, sorry, sorry for like lack of a better word, a nobody. 
you deserve to lose that game whether they missed a shot or, shot or made it. So uh, ASU, I, I think, was favored by about 10 points going into it. 10 and a half. So I understand that, especially in college basketball, where scoring isn't nearly as high as the NBA, uh, it's not necessarily easy to come up by that many points sometimes, but I would have absolutely picked them to cover that spread. I was not worried about this game at all. It was a, how much are they at least going to win by? And it was just a game they struggled. They didn't take the lead for... I was going to say, they trailed for the vast majority of this game. Like, the first, like, maybe 12-ish minutes, I want to say. I don't have it actually written down, but uh, a good chunk, at least through that first half, was when they finally got their first lead. And it went back and forth several times. Uh, But, like, 12 minutes to take the lead against UC Riverside. How does that even happen? Couldn't even tell you. And it's unfortunate because you wasted a dominant performance from Kamani Lawrence. Played 38 minutes, 19 points, 12 boards, so double-double. He shot 75%, Connor. One of one on his on his free throws. He had a steal, a block. He, he literally did everything you needed out of him. He was the star on the court. And they completely wasted that performance and... I, I know that Kamani is still a stud, and I expect him to con- to continue to be a hot player the way that he has been through the first two weeks, but such a bummer to waste that kind of performance. Yeah, uh, Marcus Bagley, nice to see him show up as well, getting 18 points. Not a whole lot else after that. Luther Muhammad was your second highest scorer uh, at 11 points. It- Gaffney had—oh, whoops, I'm looking at rebounds. My bad. My bad. I take it back. So— it just nothing else was very impressive about this team. Uh, very, just very frustrating overall. Like we had talked about uh, their three point shooting, they still shot about the same. I think it was exactly 27% similar to the first game. So uh, that didn't necessarily get better. Uh, but they didn't force nearly as many turnovers, which I understand turnovers are, are some, I shouldn't say like a fluky stat, but it's an inconsistent stat. They're not going to force 21 turnovers like they did uh, the very first game. Uh, but either way, like they they did win that thirteen to ten in this case. But either way, just a very underwhelming performance on both sides of the basketball for them. Uh, I I don't even say like we're we don't even play conference play for several weeks, so it's not like they're going to be playing any serious competition for a little while. Yes, they should bounce back, but I'm not going to lie. Like they could win just about all their other games leading up to conference play. Uh, maybe lose one or two here and there, but. Unless they're just dominating people, I don't think I'm going to have any confidence until they start beating quality opponents and consistently. Yeah, I think you nailed it perfectly. Is It's hard to have confidence in this team moving forward if you're playing teams like Portland close and if you're losing close games to UC Riverside. It's hard to have confidence in the team moving forward. You got North, uh, North Florida tomorrow night at 7. Hopefully you beat them and hopefully you're able to beat them soundly because... You have to at this point. You can't afford to keep playing close games, especially because later in the week you're playing San Diego State. And I know San Diego State's not Gonzaga, but they're not exactly North Florida either. You just, you got to start executing, Connor. You can't continue to play mediocre basketball if you're serious about competing this year, especially with Bobby Hurley on the hot seat. Agreed. Uh, So let's transition to the basketball game. Uh, I, even though he came out with a win, kind of like you had said in the introduction, like it, it's not like ASU is leaving you all warm and fuzzy with this dominant win. It's a tough game for the Sun Devils. Like, don't don't mishear what I'm going to say. Like, 
They had to go on the road in a colder environment, which they really haven't done all year. Maybe one of the, the Utah games, I don't recall a temperature off the top of my head. But you also had kind of your first game with weather to deal with as well. They had to play in the rain from kickoff, I believe, all the way towards the end. So kind of reflected in their game plan as well. But you got off to a... I think it was a 14-0 deficit, if I remember correctly. So I understand on the road, not necessarily your environment, but not the way you want to start that game off at all. Yeah, so, I mean, I think you put it perfectly. They they got in a hole early, and it, it just felt like it was going to be another one of those games that was going to get away from them. Thankfully, they were able to turn it around. They were able to play to their strengths, which is awesome, because your strengths are typically your game, your, uh, your game script. And getting back on track was able to get you back into this football game. They should be proud of themselves for not abandoning what they were doing that whole game. So bottom line, I, I, I think the biggest thing to take away from this game is they didn't panic for once. Now, where does that get them? Like they're, they're not winning the, the division with Utah. Uh, you really needed them to lose last week and they definitely didn't lose to, well, I shouldn't even say definitely. Like, they actually played a pretty close game with uh, with Arizona. But um, at, at this point, like, you're not winning the Pac-12 South. That's out of the question. What does that get you, though? You get, you're now bowl eligible with still two games left to play. So you you have a chance to finish a pretty sour season strong. Like, I, I don't even know if sour is the right word. It, it's just been very up and down. Very frustrating Sun Devils football team. Um, I, I shouldn't say, like, this is the most frustrating Sun Devils team I've ever had to watch. Uh, I, I've probably been watching Sun Devils football for the better part of 10 years. Uh, and I know there's been plenty of better teams that have not lived up to expectations. Um, but at least in recent memory, uh, not not quite the way we wanted this season to go. But with that being said, like Herm Edwards and company are trying to put the best kind of taste of ASU football into all their next recruits coming into. Like They're trying to, to give their best version of themselves leading up to the next recruiting cycle. So uh, ideally, if you can at least finish the season on a positive note, um, it's more of a moral victory, but at least something positive to take away instead of the Pac-12 South winners. So with that being said, we're going to get into the bad of the game. Kind of what went wrong for the Sun Devils. Uh, if you didn't watch the game, we'll at least give you all that content. Coming up next, you're listening to the Lockdown Sun Devils podcast. All right, college football fanatics, have you guys heard about price picks yet? If not, I'd be surprised because we've been talking about it here for a long time now. But let me tell you, price picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love it. I know you're going to love it too. PricePix is a leader in college sports daily fantasy, offers more college football props than anyone in the world, and offers not only the star players of the Power 5, but also mid-major players you might not have even heard of. PricePix also has any prop you can think of, from yardage to touchdowns and even to interceptions thrown. And check this out. I got a brand new promo code for you guys. It's locked on. Use this code and receive 100% deposit match up to $100. Use the promo code locked on for that offer. Here's how it works. You're going to take two to five players, take an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. The best part, it's just you versus the projected numbers. Price Picks also allows mixed sports entries, so you can take the over on LeBron James and combine it with the under on Patrick Mahomes in the exact same entry. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Price Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals, so don't hesitate. Check out pricepicks.com. Remember to use that promo code locked on or go to the app store and download the app today. Price Picks, daily fantasy made easy. Welcome back to our second segment of the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. Victory Monday here for you for the Arizona State Sun Devils football team. 
Yes, they won 35-30. No, they did not have the lead for the majority of the game. I, what, I, I don't even remember if they had it, like maybe two, three minutes left in the game, something like that, four minutes. Give or take, they took the lead very, very late in the game. We don't want to be the biggest negative Nancys about this. It was a good win for the Sun Devils. But as I mentioned towards the beginning of the podcast, they got off to a very, very slow start. They were down in a hole on the road, 14 to nothing early on. And it was kind of just one of those like, here we go again. Against a team we probably should beat. Not that you're going to smack them or that it was guaranteed. Uh, we didn't talk about this game or at least preview it as much as we normally do last week, just because we were off on Friday. I would have taken Washington to cover, which I think was at eight and a half, if I remember correctly. Uh, also would have taken the over, but I also would have picked Washington to win. So I would have hit two out of three there. Played us very, very close the entire game. But as far as this game, like, Jaden Daniels was not necessarily sharp. Context matters here because this game they had the, the rain to worry about. And Washington has been terrible, terrible on the ground. So if you're trying to play to your strengths, like, the way Rashad White has been playing for roughly the entire season now, it, it didn't make sense to move away from him. Uh, but Jaden also only had 16 pass attempts. He completed 10 of them. That's great. But he only had 90 yards through the air. 90. Like, I, I understand there's weather involved, uh, but 90 yards. Like, if you would have told me that's how many yards Jaden had throughout this game, I, I'm not sure there was a number on the ground I would have been comfortable, like, projecting that they would have won with. So, for what it's worth, Jaden had another pick. Um, only I, I shouldn't say only one passing touchdown because it's probably about... It's more than what he normally gets in some of his games this year. So... Jaden Daniels, not very sharp, but uh, again, context matters with only 16 pass attempts. Yep, and, and that's the biggest thing to remember is you can't look at the box score for this particular game. However, with that being said, the passing game continues to be the Achilles heel of this team. And, and at this point, no one's showing up. I mean, Rick, uh, Ricky Pearsall had four targets. He only caught one of those passes, and it was four yards underneath. Brian Thompson also only had a four-yard catch. Rashad White was the only quote-unquote receiver who stood out. And, I mean, he, his was more yards after cash than it was making plays, although he did have that spectacular one-and-a cash on the sidelines, which was just so, so, so cool to see. But other than that, I mean, only four people caught a pass. Like, and, and I understand it's 10 completions, so it's not like I'm expecting 10 different receivers to catch a pass, but only four guys caught a pass. Only two guy, Only one guy had over 10 yards of cash, and only two guys had over... 10 yards on on a single reception it just overall it was a very disappointing performance from the offense we can't sit here and say that curtis hodge's touchdown was part of a bad segment because it was good he was just totally blanked like i think you and i had joked watching that game it looked like their linebackers who were probably supposed to be following him it looked like they just took the batteries out of their controller or their controller died they lagged and they just totally like just forgot about curtis hodges so um i, I mean good pass by Jaden, but it, that was basically just as easy as pitch and catch. So uh, lack of receivers being able to step up. And in a situation where you were down, the Sentinels are kind of lucky that they were able to, to lock everything down on defense because they were if they were going to at least allow like field goals here and there and other points being allowed to score, uh, the offense was not necessarily going to catch up. They were very lucky and very fortunate they have Rashad White on this team who's been absolutely carrying them, specifically the last two weeks. Uh, last week he had a career high rushing yards for 202, and this week he had 184. We'll talk about Rashad White a little bit more in the next segment. But when you don't have Rashad White, what is like? What, what does next year look like if you don't have him in general? Like, how do you expect to compete? Because clearly it's not it's not with Jaden. He's not giving you the production that you really need out of 
your most important position on the field. Um, if Rashad White's gone, you don't have very many playmakers in the passing game. Uh, I, I think we all like Chip Traynham as the Sun Devil fan base, but there's at least question marks if he continues to fumble and kind of do what he's doing. So not not a very good game by the Sun Devils overall. Uh, they, they absolutely buckled down more so in the second half to be able to take the lead late in this game, but very poor showing specifically in the fir- uh, first half. Yeah, for what it's worth, talking about what's going to be there next year, of the four guys who caught a pass, the only one who's eligible to come back next year is Pearsall. White, Hodges, and Thompson are all seniors. Pearsall is a junior and could declare, but he probably won't. They need to figure out this passing game now, and they need to figure out what their young guys. They need to get Andre Johnson on the field more. They need to get Bunkley Shelton on the field more because those are the guys you're going to have to rely on next year. And if if you're not getting them involved now and getting them the opportunities to start growing, it's going to bite you right in the rear. So as far as really more of the bad for the rest of this game, the defense fair, at least, again, it was one of those like patented, like they just buckled down in the second half, they made their adjustments, and they played much better in the second half. Um, that's all well and good, but I would really like to see the Sun Devils get off to a better start in the first half. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Against USC, I don't remember if they took the lead in the first half. But it just feels like it's been a while since they've really dominated. I guess really the first half of the Utah game. Well, they've played very well in the first half. and They didn't have to stress necessarily going into the second half as much as we did this game. So uh, just kind of what we've come to expect in the Sun Devils. Some of the adjustments I, I think we were hoping they would make throughout the season. They just It feels like they're incapable of. The penalties are just still there. Uh, passing game's just not there. And the Sun Devils team, at this point, they are what they are. I, I think that's a perfect way to describe it, right, is they are what they are. I mean, the defense is still rock solid and one of, one of if not the best in the Pac-12, but there's still a lot of holes in this defense. And even though even though the numbers for for the, the overall outlook of the game, like the total yards, the passing yards, the rushing yards they gave up, it looks great on paper, but if you watch the game, there were definitely times where you're sitting there and you're like, okay, this is this is getting kind of frustrating. Although, in the second half, they I, I'd have to check the actual tweet from like Brad Denny or something, but they had gone like five drives or something like that without allowing Washington to get past their own side of the field. Definitely very impressive. They allowed a touchdown late, and I think they missed the two-point conversion, if I remember correctly, so... They allowed a, a touchdown essentially at the very end of the game. Otherwise, they, they only allowed one touchdown to the third and fourth quarter. So definitely a much better showing in this second half of the game. But if this is kind of how they play in some of these weather games, I, I'm not feeling that good about going to Corvallis uh, next week to go play Oregon State. Uh, hopefully that game is a little bit more clear weather. Otherwise, I just don't necessarily expect the Sun Devils to keep up or I, I don't expect a very impressive output, to put it kindly. So with that, we'll, we'll get into what went well for the Sun Devils in this game. Yeah, again, it, it was a victory. Great win for the Sun Devils. They needed it. Um, definitely some things to highlight on both sides of the ball that did well. and we'll, That'll be reflected in our game balls. Find out who gets that in the next segment. You're listening to the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. All right, Sun Devils fans. I'm not sure how many protein bars you've had to try to go through without just realizing that you keep making mistake after mistake. Not every protein bar is built the same way, but let me tell you, Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar I've ever had. If you haven't tried them now, you're just missing out. They say it's a protein bar, but it does not taste like one. You have to try one of these bars for yourself to actually believe it and not just take my word for it. 
Most protein bars are either a little bit chalky, waxy, sometimes they're even hard to just swallow. But a Bilt Bar is soft, covered in 100% real chocolate, and when you bite into it, you know you're eating something different. It's more of an experience and one that I know you're going to enjoy. In fact, you'd even swear you're eating a candy bar. Bilt Bars are low-carb, low-calorie, low-fat, low-sugar, and high in protein, most important part. For all the healthy benefits on top of just being absolutely delicious, with so many flavors to choose from. They have so many mouth-watering flavors to choose from, including coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, coconut almond, salted caramel, double chocolate, and cherry barcia. This month, Bilt is coming out with new limited-time flavors every three to four days, so you got to make sure you go check their website often. You do not want to miss out on any of their new flavors. Go to Bilt.com and use promo code LOCK15 and get 50% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Bilt.com. We're back for the third and final segment of this Locked On Sun Devils podcast, Monday uh, Victory Edition. Sun Devils took a, a late lead against the, the Washington Huskies, winning 35-30. to I don't think it can be overstated enough. Rashad White is the best player on this team, at least on the offensive side of the ball, and he is sorely going to be missed next year. Um, I, I would venture to tell you just both sides of the ball, period. Rashad White, not only the best player, but the most important player. And you've seen it over the last two weeks. I mean, he's got, I don't remember how many carries he had last week, but counting what he had this week, he's got darn near 60 carries. He's got well over 60 touches because he had what ended up being 37. 30. I think he had 33 ca- or uh, 32 carries and, and five receptions. But, yeah, close to 40 touches this week alone. Like, workhorse. And he's proving to be a good one. And he's got 15 touchdowns, Connor. 14 on the ground, one through the air. And let's not forget, he didn't play a single snap against Wazoo. He's done this in, what's that end up being? Nine games. Nine games. He has 15 touchdowns, 1,000 scrimmage yards. It's utterly insane. And he proved to be the biggest and most important part of this win because in the rainy weather, they trusted him to carry the load and he proved he's more than capable of doing it. He's got darn near 500 scrimmage yards in the last two weeks alone, dude. Uh, Cause he's got, what was it? He had like 180, almost 190 on the ground, plus another 50 through the air in this game. Puts him probably around like 240 ish, not looking at the box score the week before he had 202 on the ground. And I think somewhere in the thirties, cause he had like two catches or something like that. Uh, again, putting him around like, 230-240. So I, I think just short of 500 yards total in two weeks. That's just absolutely ridiculous. And what what's kind of, if we're looking into the future here, there's several times in the last two games where Rashad had like, he took himself off the field because he essentially said like, hey, I need a break. Give me a couple snaps. Let me catch my breath. I've taken a lot of contact. I need a break. You're not going to have that going forward. I, I, I don't think like, Rich and I are not Chip Trainum haters. We're very excited. We loved seeing him last year. Even though it was a small sample size, he made a huge statement his very first game against USC. Make no mistake, though. He is not going to be the dual threat that Rashad White is, but he's going to need to be effective still on the ground. I, I think we were talking during the game. I would hate to see where the Sun Devils team was if the roles were reversed. If you lost Rashad White week one and you had to rely more on Chip Trainum. Do I think that they would have a bad run game? No. No, I don't. And like just even play devil's advocate, maybe with those extra touches, that could have been what Chip Trainer needed. And that could have given him the confidence for the rest of the season. And he could have been a, a more of a breakout player like Rashad White is, probably to a lesser degree. 
But if you had lost Rashad White at any point in the season, short of like the game against Wazoo, uh, where would this team be? I mean, not not great. For 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 sure, not great. Because he does everything, right? He runs the ball, he catches the ball, he scores touchdowns, he can carry a heavy workload. He's the featured face of the offense, especially for a team that just cannot pass the football right now. He's still making your offense relevant, and he's proven that he's capable of getting 30 touches a game. He is the Derrick Henry of this Arizona State offense. I understand the defense definitely kind of puts you in a hole early on um, when you were down 14 nothing, but at the same time, the offense was not doing much in the first half at all, so... You, you can definitely kind of put the blame at, at both sides of the ball. That being said, the offense kind of owes DeAndre Pierce and the rest of the defense a, a drink after this game because they absolutely manhandled the Huskies in the second half. Again, giving up a late touchdown when the game was kind of out of hand for Washington. So they really only gave up that one touchdown in the third quarter, which gave that window for the Sun Devils to be able to come back and win this game. So uh, good on, on Pierce as well as the defense to be able to come back and play as well as they did. Um, because at this point in the season, like I, I think even the players could have taken a mentality of like, woe is me, like this is kind of how the Sun Devils team has gone. We've been underwhelming, we've been inconsistent, and we're in a hole on the road, like, what am I even playing for at this point? And they didn't do that. They buckled down, uh, again, both sides of the ball, did exactly what they needed to do to get back in this game, uh, and ended up taking the late lead for what was the victory. Perfect. And I think the other thing we need to highlight is that defense. The defense, when it mattered the most, came up with some clutch plays. Tyler Johnson had that huge strip that ended up setting up Arizona State for getting points. And then Merlin Robinson slamming the door shut on Washington with his pick six in the final final few minutes of the game. I mean, when it mattered most, the defense came up with huge plays. And I mean, the, these were game-changing plays. Without them, you don't win this football game. Nope, definitely key contributors nonetheless. Uh, so now let's get into the game balls. So we don't want to spend too much more time, but at least on the offensive side of the ball, the only one that really deserves it is Rashad White, but we have kind of made our peace with him. Another great game, back-to-back weeks by Rashad. Um, we'll, we'll see how he can finish out the season, but I look forward to him playing on Sundays somewhere in the NFL. So now let's get into the defense. I, I think there's several players to highlight. Not that it was a perfect game by the defense by any stretch. They did give up 30 points. But again, it was more about the adjustments that they had made. The linebacking core played pretty well as a whole. Uh, I feel like Darian Butler had, like many weeks, on a lot of big plays, Butler, his nose was kind of in the middle of the play. He was making a tackle right when it needed to happen. But as far as linebackers, one of the game balls definitely has to go to Merlin Robertson. Uh, We had just talked about his essentially very timely interception or pick six that he had had. Uh, The dude played phenomenal throughout that entire game. Uh, so we got to give at least a decent amount of credit to Darian Butler. Yeah, so we're doing something funny compared to what we normally do. Instead of doing two offense, two defense, we got we got one offense. We're giving three game balls out to the defense. But it starts with Darian Butler. It continues with Merlin Robertson. And the, the defense just really stepped up. But talking about Darian Butler, Darian Butler did Darian Butler things. He was flying around the field. He was making plays at at the line of scrimmage, behind the line of scrimmage. He was shortening up anything that the offense was trying to do. He was his typical dominant self. Merlin Robertson also played pretty well throughout this game, but he gets that game ball for, the for like I said, slamming the door shut on this game. He, he took the glimmer of hope that the Huskies had 
and took it away from him. He put him in a burlap sack and he hit him with a baseball bat. Definitely. Uh, another game ball goes to Tyler Johnson, uh, who did not record a sack in this game, but just very timely with his tackles with that turnover. Uh, for a, a defensive line that's kind of been a little up and down, especially as of late, like the last three or four games, uh, the, the first half or maybe a little bit over, the defensive line played very, very well. Um, not necessarily, I should say they exceeded our expectations. Last couple games, it necessarily hasn't been there. Uh, for a guy like Tyler Johnson, who's on his way out, uh, definitely good to see him playing well towards the end of the season, kind of leaving Sun fans uh, with a good memory, at least, of Tyler Johnson. And this game was no exception to that. Tyler Johnson just, and I mean, he almost took that one to the house. He had a really good return on that ball. So, again, it set up Arizona State to get some points on the board. So, Tyler Johnson, Darian Butler, Merlin Robinson were easily the most important players on that defense. And, I mean, some of the other guys had some solid days, too. For what it's worth, Jack Jones actually kind of struggled in this game, and that felt very uncharacteristic. But thankfully, we know that that's not a repetitive pattern, and it's not something that we got to worry about every single game. But the three guys we just highlighted, studs, and beyond impressed with their performances. Even though we didn't do two offense, two defense, I'm I'm more than happy to give out three to the defense because all three of them deserve recognition. There was other offensive players there because I'm pretty sure it was just Rashad White and they didn't even put 10 other guys out there. You're not wrong. So with that being said, that essentially is good and bad an overview as far as the game against Washington goes. Come back for tomorrow's edition of the podcast. We're going to be previewing uh, ASU's basketball game against uh, Northern Florida. Uh, Definitely don't want to miss that. One-on-one start to the season. How can Bobby Hurley and company rebound? We'll be talking about that in more detail tomorrow. But thank you so much for making us your first listen. Uh, Again, remember, we're free and available on all platforms. Uh, Make sure to come back tomorrow uh, for all of our basketball and football content. Remember to also follow us on Twitter. You can find me at Cedrios and find Richie at RichieBrads with a Z36. Uh, We also have a Twitter page for Locked on Sundevils. That's at LO underscore Sundevils. Make sure to follow, uh, subscribe, and never miss any of our tweets, especially during game time. We'll be giving you good content throughout the games as well. Uh, Remember to subscribe to our podcast on Google Podcasts, Apple, Spotify, uh, or the Odyssey app, or anywhere else that you get your podcast. Content normally Monday through Friday, uh, everything Sun Devils sports related. Make sure to look for Lockdown Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Keep it locked on with the Lockdown Sun Devils podcast.